It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Oh, no, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo, Baseball Podcast. It's episode 30. Today, your host, Michael Gohier and Christopher Deary, talk about fantasy baseball, players who are struggling, and players to watch out for. Take it away, boys! There's long time, long time We're live! Welcome into the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. We are live on Periscope, Twitter, whatever the hell this is. And this is also a podcast, so you can listen to it, the audio. Today's show is going to be just me and Deary. No guests today. Just the two old friends talking baseball. The way things should be. What's going on, Deary? Not much, man. Uh, this morning, I was really excited to wake up to the Naked Gun was on. And it was right at the Plotso part. So I was so excited. Um, I'm, I was like a little kid giggling in the front room. My wife is just like, what is wrong with you? You're just giggling at this most ridiculous movie, which somehow she's never seen all the way through. She's only seen like the baseball part. What? Um, and in typical fashion that I do in like every movie I watch, I'm like, that's not believable. That would never happen. And then I'm like, why am I saying that as I'm watching the naked gun? <laughs> you know, he, he sings the anthem. The cops are right there. And somehow he escapes them and runs down the hallway and they can't find him until he finds the Cummings, the uh, the the, uh, the the umpire that he switches with. I'm like, Mike, he can't outrun them. There's like eight cops. They were right on his tail. Why am I thinking of this as like a real movie? Yeah, very dumb, but very funny. I can't believe she's never seen it all the uh, way through. I've just standard viewing for me, but hey, just because I've seen something doesn't mean everybody has. And here at the Plaza Podcast, we aim to please. Today's show, we're going to talk about some players who are uh, pooping the bed, and we'll talk about some updates here. It looks like as we're doing the show, Max Scherzer has left the game with an apparent discomfort of some type do we know anything beyond that at this time dear i was watching uh, i was kind of on my phone at the same time i was watching uh, some people believe it may have been his back this was happening during warm-ups as well and then he went out for that first inning which is so frustrating if you put any type of money on the game because you were obviously betting on scherzer being the starter and then yes. he starts gets pulled out and you know those bets don't change once that game goes live and scherzer starts that game so i didn't put any money on it but that's what i was thinking that's devastating, yes. If you have Scherzer, hold your breath for now. We don't know anything more than that, so we won't make any assumptions. Uh, Juan Soto also left the game momentarily, but he seems to be okay, and he's playing. It's his first game back, which is his first game of the season. So that's exciting. Welcome in, Juan Soto. This is the Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com, of course. Send us an email. Tell us about which team you hate the most what players really just chapped your ass man who is bumming you out or 
Who are you just so, so pleased with right now? Deary, anybody come to mind right now that has really been a pleasant surprise? Uh, the only guy I have out of any of these kind of main guys would be uh, Trevor Story. But yeah, I mean, there, there's been certainly some surprises. Uh, guys that may have been reached for, you know, Trent Grisham comes to mind. Uh, you know, Juan Moncada, who I was a big believer in at the start of the season. You know, he's he's come to fruition so far, playing in a really great lineup. Uh, I really wish I had Aaron Judge. He's, you know been an absolute beast his BABIP and hard hit rate has just always been there and it's been a plus this, this season he's he's pulling the ball a lot more he had another three-run homer today and uh obviously what Nick Castellanos has been able to do has been incredible I wish I would have been able to grab him in some of my leagues but I mean his hard hit rate is at 57 percent right now and he's, you know he's not swinging that stuff out of the zone and he's just hitting line drives like he's always been able to do so he's been a nice surprise as well Wow, man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I made a trade last night in my uh, home league. I traded Francisco Lindor. I moved away from Mr. Mm. Lindor because I'm really worried that he's not going to be stealing bases. He's played 11 games, and he hasn't had a steal yet. And in that new lineup spot at the three-hole, I just don't think he's going to be stealing much. And if he's not stealing, that really hurts his value. Yeah, that's a big bummer right there. He's a guy that, you know, he's in that kind of same category as Trevor Story, a guy that can give you five cats, but... I mean, you know, Trevor Story is still batting in the two hole there in uh, in Colorado, but with Lindor moving down a little bit, and you know, he's on base. You know, they're trying to have Jose Ramirez and Fran Mill and all the other guys just kind of move him around. But yeah, that kind of sucks. But it, it's kind of been the case with a lot of guys that have speed; just they haven't stolen bases yet. Look at a guy like Trey Turner; he he has no stolen bases so far. So uh, I don't know if you get worried after ten games, but you know, it's tough in this short sprint that uh, you know you might have to release guys early. So. Mm. Well, I got Carlos Correa and J.D. Davis in return, so I'll live with it. I think Correa's looking healthy, and he provides a lot of stability at shortstop. But we'll find out. Hey, well, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's all health with Correa. I believe if he's healthy, he's a really solid major league player and a fantasy producer. And uh, you know, J.D. Davis will probably be the wild card there. If Correa is healthy, that looks like a good trade. And if J.D. Davis can give give you anything, that would uh, really be a big upgrade for you. All right, hey, if you have trades that you're mulling over or you want us to comment on, send them into the show. Plazo Podcast on Twitter. You can DM us or you could just email, old-fashioned email, Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's at ProtonMail.com. All right, let's get into leading off. So Diamond Kings, first 10-game standouts, Deary. I like this. Diamond Kings. And the number one dude is Nick Castellanos. He's been killing the ball. He's got six home runs now already. And they all really happened in the last five or so days. He's been killing the ball, crushing fastballs from anybody. He won off of Shane Bieber. So he can hit any pitcher in baseball right now. I love Nick Castellanos. I drafted him in a couple of Roto Leagues. And he's paying off at this time. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of what he always lived up to. He's lived up to what everybody always thought he was going to be, a guy that can just murder doubles, hit line drives. He's been able to, I said it in the opening, he's been able to stay away from that pitch away. And any, anything on the inside of the plate, he just, he murders. It's just line drive after line drive. And, you know, he's somewhat always been a line drive hitter, which I think is really helpful for him. Like instead of trying to chase those home runs, he hits the ball so hard anyways, he's going to be able to pull those home runs. We saw it with the 700 doubles he had last year with the Cubs. And 
I, I don't think that was a total fluke with the Cubs last year. I think he was playing pretty well for the Tigers. And by the time he got to Chicago, he was already rolling. And there was no reason for him to regress this year. Um, you know, it makes me wonder, like, why didn't the Tigers just do everything they could to kind of make that guy happy? They should have tried to move him over to first base several years ago and at least try it out. Um, you know, he really could have been the centerpiece of this kind of youth movement for the Tigers right now. But what are you going to do? I don't think I missed. I mean, it just didn't seem like it was meant to be. They didn't seem to have a strong desire to keep him, and they must know more than we do. We know he's not a very good fielder, so we saw that the other day when uh, the Reds were in town here in Detroit. He tried to field that ball uh, where the Victor Reyes hit, and he ended up dropping it. And it ended up being called an error. I thought it should have been a triple, but hey, whatever. That's, I mean, that's at the time good. of the trade, I was like, yeah, trade Castellanos. I, I, I felt like he hadn't hit his ceiling yet. I felt like he still had a chance to be a oh, really, yeah. really good Major League Baseball player. Uh, I guess maybe it's I, I wish the Tigers would have got more, but that's what Avila does. Gets garbage for uh, studs. Oh, uh, Trevor Story's uh, had a nice start to the year. He's probably, although Charlie Blackman, this is the show that rips on Charlie Blackman, probably more than any show I can think of. And Charlie Blackman is killing the ball. He's batting like 390. I know it's a small sample size, but he's playing really well too. So having Trevor Story hit in front of him has been very helpful. And when you have Story, Blackman, and Arenado in a row, Story's going to benefit, lead the way, and all three of them are cashing in, except for Arenado. He's not playing as great as the other two, but. Yeah, Story's kind of Story's been one of the top 20 guys that's actually performed and you know in all categories right now. But yeah, I think maybe the guy to replace Story on here, maybe Charlie Blackman, maybe because we have not been Charlie Blackman believers, we just shit all over him here in the offseason. And he's been fantastic. It's why the Rockies are off to a great start right now. Uh, you know, Arenado has not really gotten it going yet. I know he hit one the other day. And uh, how about Herman Marquez last night? I swear, every time we get together, we get to talk about him. And uh, he got it done last night. And uh, in a, in a, I think he had, he had nine strikeouts yeah. over six innings. Yeah, he pitched seven and a third, nine Ks. It was amazing. And pulled out, he did pulled it. Out the win. He conquered Coors Field. This has been <laughs> the biggest bugaboo for him. So that's really exciting, encouraging news if you own Marquez. You see that three-run home run that came back? It hit the top of the wall and bounced back. It was unbelievable. Wow. No, I actually didn't see that one. Holy crap. Oh, man, I thought you would have had that in uh, in your quality start this morning. It was I it try, was hilarious. <laughs> I try to see as much as I can, but even I can't see it. It hit all. the top of the wall and somehow came back towards the field. They called it a home run and then reviewed it. It, it completely wow. changed the game because it would have been 3-3 if it was over. Whoa, that's a lucky break. Holy cow. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge is obviously the one that everyone talks about. He pretty much explains himself. There's no doubt about Judge's talent. He's great for on-base percentage in points leagues and really any league because he's going to give you home runs and power, and he can hit for a decent average. Not elite, but decent. I don't think there's anything else to say. Is If he's not hurt, he's amazing, right? That's it. Yeah, it's amazing. I was talking with some guys in another league yesterday, and they're like, how the hell did he drop to fourth round in our league? And I'm like, well, it's health. Obviously, it's health. He went early second round last year in, in a lot of leagues that were that I was in. He dropped a little bit this year because people are always scared of his health. And I even called it in the offseason. I'm like, this guy's fantastic if he's healthy, but the way he swings, he always seems to pull something right there on the inner side of his ribs. And uh, right now he's healthy, and he's got the Yankees rolling for sure. So if you, if you got Judge... Congratulations. You're probably going to win home runs this year. And then Shane Bieber has been a stud. We all know this again. These are guys that have been all over all the rags in our uh, newspapers, newspapers, <laughs> all the websites with headlines <laughs> about Shane Bieber and 21, 21 of the 
35 strikeouts he've got are on pitches outside of the zone on the, on the final strike. Like that's amazing. So he's getting people. He's just, he either deceives hitters really well, or his stuff is just so nasty that he just fools hitters because they just can't figure it out. Yeah. He's lived up to what a lot of people thought he could be, which is a top five pitcher. And he's been just unbelievable after three games. I mean, it, it's hard to, con, you know, one up what you did in those first two starts. And, you know, he pitched pretty well the other day, gave up a couple of runs, but, you know, was still able to, you know, walk away with the victory. And, uh, you know, it makes the Indians so damn tough. And Bieber's just, uh, you know, he's a starting pitcher stud in fantasy right now. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to, I would maybe try to move him if the, because it could never be this good again, possibly. And it's a short <laughs> season. If you want to get a ton of value for him, you That's could true. consider selling high. And somebody might pay through the nose, but at the same time, a smart owner would know that this is his highest point of value and you don't want to pay the ultimate premium to get him. But maybe you would consider trading for Sonny Gray, who's not getting as much run as Bieber, but he's been almost just as good. He's been killing it. 18 and two thirds, 29, 28 Ks, and he's got a 0.7 whip. His exit velocity is elite, hard hit, pretty solid. His K percentage is incredible. So everything that he's getting and his curveball spin is better than ever. It's tops in all of baseball. This is a guy I love. I loved him last year because he made adjustments when he got away from New York because he didn't like what the pitching coaches and the philosophies were doing to him there. And once he got to Cincinnati, he became the guy that he was, in fact, probably even a little bit better than he was in Oakland. Yeah, he was a really good pitcher in Oakland and, you know, he, he kind of fell off and ended up going to New York and absolutely fell apart in New York. And I'm like, is that it? That's that's all we're going to see from Sonny Gray. He comes out last year, has an incredible year. And then this year, just like the swings and misses, just with an extreme variety of different pitches he has, he moves the ball really well, still throws really hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going back to your point and in, in making trades right now, uh, I haven't seen any trades in any of my leagues yet, and I'm kind of surprised. I'm thinking maybe this week, next week is the time that a lot of people start start unloading. But if you've started out really poor in some of your leagues, it's it's time to make moves. You can't wait on these guys forever, and you got to get what's hot. And if you know, in the reverse of that, if you have somebody really, really amazing right now, like an Aaron, Aaron Judge, you can still maybe get that power from somewhere else. You can get a a plethora of players for a guy like Judge or a guy like Bieber or Gray. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to make that move. <laughs> so what the hell's going on with these guys gary sanchez a slow start i'm not worried about it because this is what sanchez does he's one of the most streaky players in all of baseball he's going to go on a home run tear and if you play head-to-head he'll probably win you like two weeks straight i don't i don't know man i know you're a big sanchez believer i mean he's struck out 51 percent of his time right now is ever Ew. for plate appearance really really bad his z contact is also terrible 71 percent league average is 87 percent. so he can't even hit stuff right in the zone which is really concerning so i don't know what's going on with him i i hope he can bounce back um it's not like the yankees need him but if you have him in your uh you know your catcher position right now you're really gonna hope that he can bounce back and figure it out yeah he's in the toilet on expected stats across the board but he still hits the crap out of the ball so that's the good news exit velocity and hard hit are still rock solid so once he's just, he just got to figure out the contact he's going through spring training type issues i feel like but i don't know how long can you wait you might want to have a backup catcher i would recommend maybe going for christian vasquez very undervalued i've really bought into him over the last month or so he made some changes to his swing simplified the whole process got rid of the old toe tap and uh i think it's paying off and this could be the guy who moves up the ranks 
possibly as a top five catcher. So stay that's tuned a good call. That. That's a good call. He, he might actually, you know, make up for some of those stats that Sanchez aren't get you right now. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, I would say Yelich, you know, Yelich is Yelich. He'll get it together. It just sucks right now because it's a bummer, but the whole Brewers offense is struggling. They're one of the plethora of teams where the offense is taking a dump on your fantasy opportunities, including the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, the Milwaukee team has guys that are great against certain hit uh, certain pitchers like Ben Gamble is great against righties, but he's not so good against lefties, but you can't play him every day if that's the case. So th- I just think the Brewers are, they're on the brink of exploding and Yelich will be a part of that soon enough. Yeah. His hard hit rate is way down right now. Uh, they gave him the night off tonight. So hopefully that'll help him out. But the guys, you know, the guy's a proven hitter. I mean, even when he was with Miami, he did not have like, you know, three, four week stretches where he was going to be garbed. So look, look for maybe tomorrow when he gets back in the lineup to finally start getting it going. Well, they got screwed by the Cardinals, too, because they didn't get to play over the weekend, and they needed the reps. If any team needed it, it was them. They didn't need time off, so that's too bad. So it's just another reason to get out of whack and the routine getting all jacked up. It's just a mess. Uh, Chris Bryant had diarrhea over the weekend. I think he's fine now. He hit a home run, so that's good news. Uh, Bryant is just a mystery man. I mean, he's got potential and power, and he's MVP for crying out loud, but I don't know. I I would uh, stay the course with Brian, just kind of chill, because that lineup is too good. And if he can do half as much as he's capable of, you'll probably cash in. Yeah, I mean, his, his walk rate has stayed consistent over this. His BABIP has been really bad. It, it, it's 222. He's a guy that normally has a very high BABIP. He averages for his career 345, and he's got a very poor ISO of 161. So that's slugging uh, plus average right now. Uh, you know, I was looking deeper into his numbers. Everything he is hitting He's hitting right up the middle to the second baseman or the shortstop. Um, he hasn't been able to pull pull it or hit it to the opposite field much. But, yeah, I would certainly wait on Bryant. Uh, the Cubs are playing really, really well right now, and it's not like they're going to take him out of that leadoff position. And if he can start rolling, he's going to give you a big boost in a lot of different numbers. I would concur with that. Now, Altuve hit a home run last night, so that's good news. But Altuve's... Yeah, his hard hits way down. I mean, his exit velocity and hard hit are on the bottom 20% of the entire league. And I know these are small sample sizes still, so we can see if this will level out. But so far, not so good. And maybe if Altuve doesn't have a buzzer or the trash can advantage, maybe it's not going to be such a great opportunity for him to gear up because he doesn't know what's coming so he can unload with high, hard power. Just a thought. So Altuve's 30 years old now. Is this his decline now? No. No? I mean, it could be, yeah. I mean, I can't rule it out, but he's just a guy that I think can give... He doesn't. If he's not stealing bases, the decline will seem more rapid because what he brought to the table was the speed aspect to go along with the 25, 30 home runs and a 300-plus batting average. And we're not seeing that. Then his value definitely drops below top 50 player for sure. Yeah, I was I was looking at fan graphs at uh, what they call speed score, and it's been in a steady decline since 2017. So he's he's certainly lost some of that speed. Doesn't mean you can't still be a you know super productive ball player, but for a yeah. guy that that can get a lot of infield hits. But I think what you're saying, uh, you're saying his hard hit rate was down, right? Yeah, his hard hit next velocity are the bottom 20 percent of the league. It's bogus. Yeah, Ben 163 so right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's another great offense, though, and I think that's just someone who's going through the motions. It's tough. It's spring training. Ask, man. I'm just going to keep saying that. I, I yeah, need a month. I'll wait a month. Unfortunately, you can't wait a month for this. <laughs> I understand that, too. So That's the that's the thing that totally sucks is we're only 10 games in, 
but also like it's only 60 games. So, I mean, you're not too far from the playoffs. And, you know, if, if this is a normal season, this is your stretch run right now to get to the playoffs and improve your team. So, you know, how long can you wait? That's a good point, man. Hey, I'm with you. I mean, there's maybe the patient managers in fantasy will be the ones who end up benefiting. But I also think people who go for the gusto now make radical moves, cash in. It also depends on your league. Head to head, you got to win your weeks. They Head to head sucks, by the way. I hate head to head. I think it's just so unrepresentative of what goes on in an actual baseball season, especially a season like this. Head to head in a 60 game season is the biggest joke of a lifetime because you could blow the first six weeks. I've had six crappy weeks and then had 14 great weeks and I've won leagues that way. It does happen. But in this type of season, head to head just makes it even more infuriating. So fuck head to head is trash. <laughs> I like head to head just for the, uh, you know, the aspect of you're going against one other team and all that stuff. I like and, that. And that's what we've been doing for years. But, but yeah, in a 60 game season, I, I commissioned, uh, you know, a couple of the leagues that I am in. I'm like, dude, I, we all enjoy head to head. We like, you know, the banter going back and forth against the other owner you're against, but it's so ridiculous that we're still doing it in a season that warrants Roto more than any other year. So yes, it's just like, come yes. on, man. I like head to head in a full season. I, I, I'm more tolerant of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point. Ugh. All right. Whatever. Uh, JD Martinez, uh, he had a nice double off the guy who's ruining my life. Speaking of people who uh, <laughs> ruining uh, my life. <laughs> yeah, speaking of people like what the hell happened who should be on this list, by the way, James Paxton. What the hell? What do you think of James Paxton? Because I was asking people on Twitter last night, what do you think of James Paxton? Should you dump him now? Should he just give up? Or is this the worst part of the season and it could get better? Well, his velocity is down. So it's like, is he still trying to ramp up and get to where he would normally be at? I mean, I know he was out last year. Down a lot, though. Like he's it's, topping out 93 it, on yeah, Sunday night. Yeah. It's down, you know, three, four miles per hour, which is extremely concerning. And I don't know if this guy can, I don't know if he has the, the stuff or, you know, the things in his tool belt to make him a really, really good pitcher if he's only pitching 91, 92 miles per hour. So yeah. I don't have him on any of my teams. And if I had him, I'd be extremely frustrated right now because uh, I don't know what value he has in, in in any type of trades. I mean, shit, if you get to a point, he may be droppable in the league. I know. That's that's where I'm at right now. In a head-to-head league, Paxton, I've got a roster crunch, and I need yeah. to make some room for people who are going to help me now because I already lost week one. So I don't know. Paxton, help help me out, James Paxton. Why don't you email the show, Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, and tell us what the hell's going on with you. Is it a mental thing? Is it physical? You're free agent in the offseason, dude. You're really hurting yourself right now because it's already going to be bad enough for free agents with the fact that the owners are losing money and they're going to be penny-pinching and colluding like motherfuckers in this offseason. <laughs> so you're not doing yourself any favors by pitching like this, man. Shit. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. All right. I'm sorry, everyone. It's not about You're me. good. Uh, you needed a rant. You need a mad as hell rant. Uh, Josh Bell will be fine. Uh, once again, my partner over at the uh, Turn 2 pod there, Mr. Matt Williams, posted something on Josh Bell last night. He said, hold. Everything should be fine. The way he's just being impatient right now. Yep. That was his analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's walked once. <laughs> he's a career 12, 12% of the time. He's up to the plate. He oh. walks. So he's walked one time. I mean, once he can kind of become a little more patient, wait for his pitch, he should be fine. Um, He's swung at a lot of balls outside of the zone, and he's not making any contact with them either. You know, in his career with balls that he swings at over the zone, he makes contact 66% of the time. He's only done that 52% of the time. So he's making some really poor decisions. He just needs to calm down, let the game come to him, and he should be okay. I like that. 
Uh, lastly, Trey Turner, uh, is there concern here, or are you just worried that he's not stealing, which you mentioned earlier in the show? Yeah, he's got <laughs> – yeah, he hasn't stolen the ball at all. Now, his fly balls are up 10%. Now, he's a guy who, in the past, his bread and butter is line drives and ground balls. His fly balls, like I said, is up 10%, and his mm-hmm. soft hit rate is way up right now. Um, he, the guy's, what, 25, 26 years old? He's still young. I mean, yep. it's just – it's we're 10 games in. You know, it's what we talked about. We're 10 games in. Don't freak out. Um, and I don't know what you could get in return if you're, you're looking to trade for him or trade trade him away, but – I would say if you can maybe snag Trey Tinner for a couple guys that might be overperforming right now, that could really pay off in a couple of weeks, especially okay. with Juan Soto coming back to that lineup. Yeah, it's a small sample size, but his launch angle is at 17 and a half. Last two seasons, nine. So I know. Oh, Billy Hamilton just stole second base, everybody. Woohoo! <laughs> He's done Pick it. Up. Wow. He's still got the speed. What do you know? Congratulations, Billy. Uh, All right, Trey Turner, would love to see you steal second base once in a while, especially for those that took him over other guys like Trevor Story. There was basically that crunch at the top. You got Story, Lindor, and Turner in drafts. At that, If you were in that 7 through 10 slot in drafts, that's basically where all three of those guys were available. And I took Turner over Lindor and Story, and now I kind of wish I would have took Story. But, you know. I don't want to jump the gun here. So let's be patient. Calm slow down. Down. Yeah. Calm the Nationals through too because they had series that were canceled because of the Marlin situation <laughs> and everything. So they, they need to get more time and get their groove going. They've got, I bet the Nationals have four good weeks of offense in them really soon. I, I believe that. I'll agree uh, with that. Uh, okay. How about closers? What to do? I think with closers, man, I traded for Canley Jansen the other day because I, can hardly think of many guys that you can truly trust. I think he might be the guy that you can trust above any closer right now. What do you think of that? I'm fine with that. I mean, uh, I'm thinking about just dropping all of my relief pitching and just kicking a category down the road, at least in my head-to-head leagues, because, I mean, it's kind of been a disaster. I mean, we got guys that aren't closing that you thought would have been closing a guy like a Sean Doolittle. We got guys that haven't really pitched at all. I mean, Nick Anderson's, I think appeared in two games so far. So that's yep. been frustrating. Who's well, the other guy? First day last night. So finally, yeah, who is the other guy? Someone mentioned experiences. Over. Someone mentioned the other day, someone else who has only like appeared once that completely lost the name. I don't know. I, you tell me. I do yeah. know. I do know that I, I went with Daniel Hudson in my home league because I believed that he was just the better pitcher right now versus Doolittle. Now that I'm, I'm looking out there, but I also looked at Doolittle stuff was fading and Hudson has been ascending over the last year. So Hudson seems to definitely be the closer. So I'm happy about that. I'll take a, I'll take a lap on that, but (laughs) yes, I understand the frustration Deary. I really do because there's other guys like Wade Davis. That was a joke. Wade Davis got two saves and then he exploded. Now he's done. And now Scott Olberg's out for the year. Suddenly it's high Rodia's time. And he got back-to-back saves over the last three days. And that's just how it goes. You got to be ready to strike instantly. And if you're in fab leagues, if you play fob, when your time comes at the end of the week, I would be really weary about putting big money on closers because you don't know. You can't wait a whole other week to find out that a guy who you thought was going to be the closer gives you nothing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, along with Kenley Jansen, I think Zach, Zach Britton's probably in that category right now. And maybe, yeah. even a, maybe even a Liam Hendricks with Oakland, you know, those guys' jobs are secure. I think Britton stays in the closer role, even when uh, Chapman comes back. Cause I think it's going to take a while for Chapman to kind of ramp back up. And I don't think they really want to, you know, 
you know, mess with what's going really good right now. Uh, so, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Joe Jimenez. He's got four saves right now. You know, he's going to get the opportunities if the Tigers can have the lead and whether or not he can, you know, shut down the game. But uh, guys, chance to get a double digit uh, saves for sure. Yeah, he blew it on uh, Sunday. It was a tie game, I think. But oh, well, that happens to the best of them. But I do agree. You want to ha- you want to get a guy that is cheap. You don't want to blow your load on like all your fab money on a closer just to burn you. That's got to be the key message going forward. Oh, Josh Hader. Josh Hader. That's what I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Remember him? The Brewers never win. And he's only <laughs> had the one save because he had the one appearance. They yeah. haven't even. They haven't hardly been using them in high leverage situations because they're not in games. Yeah. So that's hurting them. And then you got a guy like, uh, so in my, my keeper league, I kept Osuna and Chapman. Obviously Chapman's been out. He's going to start coming back. And now they're saying Osuna might be headed for Tommy John. So, Oh yeah, he's done. Uh, Ryan Presley, pick up Presley. I I have have Presley. There you go. Then you're in good shape. Uh, Speaking of guys who bummed me out, Mike Clevenger just started his start against the reds and his last start against the twins was very disappointing so clevenger get your shit together man come on all right enough ranting those are some of the guys that we're concerned about closers are a mystery and as far as the up-and-comers like the prospects spencer howard is supposedly supposed to start sunday for the phillies so that's fun if you don't have him i would snag him i like spencer howard he's he's got some He's got something to offer you in a season because it's short where he could probably give you eight starts now. And I think that's a real possibility because there's no innings limit when you only have to pitch 50 innings. Yeah. Anybody else who's a, a young stud or prospect? I mean, Jesus Cesardo made his first start last night and he was rock solid. Uh, there's other guys like Patino in San Diego. He's going to be out of the bullpen, Luis Patino. So I don't know if you can rely on him as a starter at all, but if you are playing a K nine or a holds league holds plus saves league, then Patino could have some value. Yeah. I, I'm really bummed about Nick Madrigal. Uh, you know, I picked him up oh! uh, right when he came up yes. as four yes. hits. And then the next day he gets hurt and hurts his shoulder. And I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. Yes. Uh, it's so yeah. interesting. The guy bats at the bottom of the lineup for them, but he's still like the guy is just a professional hitter. He reminds me of like a Craig Biggio when Biggio was in his prime, you know, playing second base when he came out yeah. from, from, from the, uh, uh, behind the plate. So super bummer for anyone who had Madrigal. Cause it looked like he was going to be giving you fantasy value. The guy has some speed and he's obviously going to hit for average. So that, that's kind of a bummer. I definitely, I'm so pissed about that. I'm so glad you said that. It was devastating for me. I, I was listening to it on the radio from a call by Bob Euchre of all people, which was fun. He's still doing it. Hell yeah, dude! Having the MLB package. Thanks to you, by the way. Thanks. Uh, I listen to the radio when I go for walks and runs instead of yeah. watching the video. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's doing the call. He splits. They do the old school thing that Ernie Harwell used to do with uh, uh, what Paul Carey. What was what yep. his name? Yeah, the, you know, they, they do the three-inning rotation. He's got yeah. this newer guy named Jeff, and they switch it out. But anyways, uh, they were. I listened to that live as it happened. Avisel Garcia nailed him at third. I don't know what he was doing trying to get to third. I like the hustle, but that was a stupid rookie move because it was a base hit up the middle of the center. You're not going to make it to third from first on a base hit up the middle. So yeah, he ends so. up getting hurt, too. So, oh, you know, it's all negative. It's just nothing but a big friggin' negative, man. Fucking 2020 sucks. Nick Madrigal gets hurt. It does because he was an exciting young player that he's a different player. He's an anomaly. Like you said, he steals bases and he hits for average and he never strikes out. He like strikes out 3% of the time. It's insane. It's amazing for a guy that young to be already that advanced as a hitter. It's just not something you see. Right. Absolutely. 
He's also okay. like in the video game. I think he's like four foot eleven. They they make him so small in the video <laughs> game. I know he's really small, but like in the video game, he just looks tiny. That's funny. Nick Madrigal, we will miss you. It's a separated shoulder, by the way, for those of you that don't know the injury. So that sounds like something that'll just ruin his season, especially as a hitter. <sighs> How about you guys out there? Do you have some prospects you want to talk about? Hit us up, Palazzo Podcast. That's Twitter. DM us. Send us a DM. Tell us your story. Tell us about your team. We like to hear about other people's teams because it helps us understand what's going on in the fantasy world. And of course, you can send us an email, Podcast at protonmail.com. Uh, something weird's happening with the Indians game all of a sudden. Clevenger strikes somebody out, but then they call it a balk. Very weird. I don't know. Check that out. All right. So fantasy breakdown. Let's talk about buy or sell, Deary, right? Are we going to buy or sell these guys? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Do you believe in what do you believe in what we've seen from these guys who are not high on ADP at the start of the season, but they've really broken out and have become fantasy studs so far? Interesting. This is such a weird plan. I don't know. I'm fascinated by this. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski of the Giants. I say bye, 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 bye. I think this guy showed you flashes last year and the way the stat cast numbers look. This guy is legitimate. I would definitely buy Mike Yastrzemski. Dude, I was looking at some of his stats today. So his walk rate and his strikeout rate are exactly the same. They're both at 23.6% right now, which is ridiculous. Um, he also has an unusually high ground ball rate right now. He's a guy that last year gave pretty good value. Generally hit has good medium to hard hit rate. And he was kind of the lone you know, fantasy guy that you would own on the Giants last year. He's leading off for them. The Giants have proven that they've been able to score runs. I think you buy on Nishremski as well. I love it. They've also changed the fences. Don't forget that they changed the fences out there in San Francisco. They brought it in a little bit. And the way the tunnels were designed, I read about this the other day. It was a great article about how the wind comes through the tunnels has really reduced the resistance for home runs. So this is good news. Good news if for uh, you own a giant like Mr. Yastrzemski. And having said that, let's talk about the next guy, his fellow teammate, Donovan Solano. Total BS. This is one of those plastic <laughs> flukes. But you got to ride it while you can. Everybody was buying him in the fab process on Sunday night because he had four games in Colorado this week. But he hasn't really done much based on what I can tell. I think I think you want to just stay away from that. Anybody can bet 457 over 10 games. Hell, I did it for almost a whole season in high school, but uh, or actually in middle school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's 32 years old. Come on, this isn't going to last. But yeah, I mean, if you got him, it's not like you're dropping him right now. You're going to ride it until it's garbage and then you get rid of it. He's that that classic player that is going to change hands, you know, in over 162 game season, you know, seven or eight different times because he's going to go on a run and then he's going to be trash. Look at Tim Lopes. He's, he's trash again. Oh, Timmy, what happened, man? It's really unfortunate what happened to Tim Lopes. I was excited about him, but he's come back down to earth a little bit. But that's all right. But how about this guy? This is a guy who is waiting to come back down to reality. Teoscar Hernandez. He's 27 now. People talk about those 27, that age 27 season. It's that prime where they start to get into their groove. Teoscar was a somewhat highly touted player. He just strikes out a lot. He still strikes out a lot, but he's had... Two, two homer games already, and the power's there. The hard hit percentage is super elite, and as the exit velocity is crushing the ball, the barrels are exploding. Everything is, all the expected stats, and the sprint speed is good, too. He's in the top 20% of sprint speed. This guy can give you everything, power and speed. 
I'm a believer in Teoscar right now. So yeah, like you said, 20, 27 years old. Last two years, he hit over 20 home runs the last two years. So certainly yeah. the power is not fake at all. He's got 65% hard hit rate right now. That will not last, but he bats at the top of a really, really solid lineup of young kids that he's surrounded by. And, you know, in my main keeper league, he was actually picked. So this would be the start of the 11th round. He was picked number one overall by our good buddy, Luke Horlbeck. And a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, why are you picking him? He's not the number one guy on the board. And I think Luke's looking really sneaky right now because he's getting great value out of Tiasker. Wow. Yeah, good job, Luke. That's impressive. Luke's definitely one to make his own choices. I like that. Be yourself. Uh, T. Oscar's the man, and I think uh, he's probably not available in most leagues now. He's been swiped up, and he'll probably stay that way for a while, although it's inevitable that he'll probably cool down. But, hell, maybe he could just have a 60-game run and be the MVP. What the hell do I know? What about Mr. Lewis? Do we believe in Lewis? I don't know if I believe in Lewis at all. I think I would run for the hills. If you, did you look at his BABIP right now? <laughs> no, what is it? 577. <laughs> 577? He's a 577 Babbitt. So basically, if he hits the ball, it's a hit. He puts a bat on the ball, it's go- It's like it's a hit. So um, he's insane. A- <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, obviously, it's only 10 games, but still. His fly, fly ball percentage right now is also 20%. By the way, we're talking about Kyle Lewis. I mean, he's just been having a, a time of his life over there. Seattle had a lot of guys that were killing it week one. Uh, they slowed down a little bit here in this current week, and I think... Kyle Lewis is a highly touted prospect, so I'll give him credit for that. But the K percentage and the whip percentage are a nightmare. You know, he's in the bottom, like eight and eight percent in both categories. That's not good, and that's eventually going to catch up to him. So I don't know how this Babip, this Babip is one of those unlucky Babips I've ever really heard of in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a nice guy to have if you're in you know a, a dynasty league as I think he probably will improve over the next few years and he's obviously shown that he is a major league talent but I mean I would actually try to get rid of him right now in a redraft because I think it can only go downhill from here I could be wrong but I I just don't see those numbers staying where they are and you know Seattle like to your point you said uh, you know Seattle had been playing really good ball and I think they're going to start coming back to earth here in the next few weeks Okay. All right. Uh, that's too bad. They're a fun team. Uh, there's another guy on this list, JP Crawford, another Seattle guy. I really liked JP in spurts last year because he got on base well. He has a decent walk rate and he gives you steals. And if he could start to hit for a better average, improve his contact, then he starts to become someone who's viable. And he hits at the top of the order of a team that has nothing to lose. So I would buy J.P. Crawford. And even if he cools down a little bit this week, I would stay the course with him in this season because he was one of the number one prospects for the Phillies once upon a time, and now he's become an afterthought. So what do you think of that? I mean, I didn't buy it in the offseason leading up to uh, most drafts. I just you know, didn't target him at late in many drafts, but I'm rooting for the guy. Let's put it that way. I'm rooting for him. I root for everyone. Uh, that's nice. That's very positive, dearie. Uh, Trent Grisham is someone you can easily root for. He's got four home runs already. He's really smashing the ball. He can give you steals. He's in a great lineup. There's a lot of offensive potential in that lineup, especially if Hosmer comes back. I love Trent Grisham. I loved him even more in points leagues and OBP leagues because he walks a fair amount. He's got a good eye. He won't hit for a great average, but I, uh, I have nothing but positive things to say. I would always want Grisham on my team. 
Yeah, I think this guy's a possible superstar in the making. I think next to T. Oscar, he's probably on this list of guys that we're going through. Uh, you know, wow. probably the most dependable guy on here that that you can look out to continue to be great throughout this season. Like you said, he is in a really, really good lineup. Uh in that dynasty league where uh what's what uh, T. Oscar went number one, uh Grisham went number two to Guile. So uh, you know, Guile obviously knows what he's doing when it comes to fantasy baseball and Guy's 23 years old, so he's only going to get better, and I think he's going to give you a lot of value. can also steal bases. Wow. There it is. How about this? <laughs> Do we think Jacoby Jones is for real? Would you buy or sell Jacoby Jones? Through 10 games, I'd buy him all day, man. <laughs> he's obviously yeah. made some type of change He's to, to his swing because he's not bailing out like he's in – sixth grade scared of the ball like I used to always see him doing and he's starting to pull the ball a lot better he's a lot more patient at the plate so maybe now he's finally figured it out I mean obviously the guy is gonna continue to play center field for the Tigers because he's got a really good glove I wish they would just bat him at the top of that lineup every every night though what's what's really killing me is that they kind of have him near the end of the lineup almost every game which is you know, he's going to end up with less at bats if he's doing that. So as he figured it out, I don't know if he did figure it out. I made this point the other day. He might be Hunter Pence. Wow. He reminds me of Hunter Pence. I don't know what it is. By the way, this is so dumb. Apparently, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just scored from third on a short pop-up to right field. Ronald Lacuna could not throw him out of home. That's pretty sad. What is going I must on? say. How's that happening? That's so weird. I will say that Jacoby Jones, the biggest complaint about him is the nine spot. That's the number one thing that people say to me as soon as it comes up. Oh, Jacoby Jones. Yeah, but he's in the nine hole. And he's actually part of a, a tr there's many hitters because Nick Madrigal was a nine hitter. There's a lot of nine hitters. It seems like the nine hitter is starting to become this guy who is seen as the second leadoff guy more and more on a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not thinking about us in fantasy and you know, the, the Tigers aren't going to score a ton and they're not going to get a lot, get a lot of guys on base because they strike out so damn much. Yeah. So Jacoby may be the one hitter in the whole league that gets less at bats than anybody else in the league. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I like Jones. I loved him in Roto more because if he could steal you some bags and go along with some pop, that would be nice. But I don't know if we're going to get that either. I do not know. I do know that Tyler Chatwood has become a darling. The Cubs starting pitcher suddenly has figured something out. There's a huge change, and everybody's putting in five bids, hundreds of dollars to go to Chatwood to help their staffs. You buying this? He's striking guys out. This is not anything that he's ever done over his career. He's striking guys out through, what, two, two three starts now at a rate of 13.5%. He's never been anyone. It's generally sat around like seven and a half or eight. I don't know what to think of it. It just could be one of those real nice runs that, you know, some of these veteran pitchers go, go on and it's what the Cubs have needed. It's, it's helped the Cubs out a ton. It's why the Cubs are in first place right now and playing fantastic ball. Their bullpen is an absolute mess with Kimbrell at the back end and they're trying to figure out someone to replace him. But do I buy into Chatwood for right now? I buy into Chatwood and you're rolling with him until it goes wrong. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Rowan Wick could be the guy that takes over. He's looked good. Got a couple saves already. So Kimbrell is uh, our, done, our, our pal over a cup of Cubby Blue, Sarah Sanchez. She wrote an article today saying how Kimbrell's curveball is gone. Nobody's swinging at it at all and is not fooling anybody. And until that changes, he's just a one-pitch pitcher right now. And that one pitch is his fastball, and it's not doing him any favors. So uh, go check out that article out. Uh, it's good stuff by Sarah Sanchez over there at Cup of Cubby Blue. 
the SB Nation Cub site. And then there was this man, Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda is for real. I would buy it everywhere. I just traded for Kenta Maeda on Sunday. I want him on my staff because he's going to give you rock-solid numbers, whip, ERA, strikeouts. It'll be good for all those categories. It's rock solid. He's He's been a rock-solid pitcher in the league, and people forget about him because last year he kind of became their long relief man out of the bullpen because they had like 25 different starting pitchers. The guy's just been a solid pitcher for the last four or five years. Going to Minnesota, he's playing for a really, really talented team. If you have wins in your league, he's going to scoop up a bunch of wins, and hell, man, he could be a dark horse for a Cy Young in a short season. Totally. He's on one of the best teams in the American League, so that's a huge advantage right there. And if he ends up pitching well, which he probably will because I believe in him, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, he's got great command, and he can strike guys out at a high rate. So he's got everything you want in a pitcher. It's just a matter of the durability and being allowed to kind of unleash him. And the Dodgers never wanted to do that, but the Twins are ready to do that. That's why they traded for him in that goofy-ass Boston Red Sox, Brewster, Gratterall mess that happened back in... uh, Brewster. Brewster. All right. So, yeah, those are some buyers or sell choices we're looking at. If you have some opinions on those players or some players we didn't talk about, please send us information. Give it to us. Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's at ProtopMail.com. Plazo Podcast on Twitter. Uh, any closing thoughts as we look ahead to the rest of the week? Uh, we will still be doing our baseball quickies. We try to put those out every day, give you 10 minutes of information on the daily doses. But anything that you're looking forward to the rest of the week, Deary? Uh, I'd like the Tigers to play some baseball again. Uh, uh-huh. I, lo- I love watching all these other teams, but I said, you know, in a 60-game season, it's going to be fun to watch Tigers. I mean, five and five after 10 games. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just doing what I do every night, sit in front of that damn TV and watch like five or six different games at a time. So I started uh, – oh, last night as I was watching baseball, I started watching the movie The Master. I had to turn it off. Really? I was too terrified. <laughs> really? I, I was just that movie. It, 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 no, I mean, I will go back to it because I was super into it and enthralled after 42 minutes. But, uh, man, Joaquin Phoenix was just giving me the heebie-jeebies, man. The first time I saw it, I really didn't like it, but it grew on me a lot. Uh, it takes some time to get used to. And he's definitely, like, the worst dude ever. He's just so annoying in that movie. As, soon as, as soon as Hoffman appears, I'm like, I did five minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm, I have to, like, really, like, calm down and watch this movie, like, in the afternoon. Because I started getting freaked out, man. <laughs> and damn, Johnny Greenwood score just, like, gets in your brain, man. It's just like, there will be blood. Just like, yeah. Ah, so intense. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, man. That's okay, though. No. You're... You're safe here. Everything's fine. Uh, All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much the episode today. This has been the Plaza Podcast. This has been episode number 30, by the way. How about that? 30 episodes. Congratulations, Deary. We made it this far, and it's hard to believe. We're in baseball season. We're talking actual results. We'll be doing our baseball quickies so we can throw you little tidbits every day. Check those out. Plaza Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. That's how you get a hold of us. We love connecting with others. Please, please send us something. Tell us about your fantasy team. Tell us what is the dumbest thing that either one of us have said. We're ready to take the criticism. We can handle it. Yeah, I want to get some uh, back and forth instead of us just agreeing on everything. And every every guest we have on, I feel like I agree with every guest that comes on. Uh, we need really? someone who's going to – maybe you should bring Luke on, man. Because <laughs> you know Luke will be, be uh, you know, d- dissenting uh, argument constantly. Yes, he does like to express himself, and he will stand his ground. I think that the Tigers will not make the playoffs. What do you think of that? 
correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> very correct oh. with that assessment. All right. I thought they, you know, that they were in the mix. They're in the mix for sure. So They'll be in the mix for about 20 games, and then the schedule gets really hard. Mm. All right, fine. All right, well, that's the show for today. Thanks for listening, or thanks for watching, or however you absorb this podcast slash stream. Thanks so much. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. And, of course, tomorrow we'll have our baseball quickie, as we do try to do every day. That's it. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.